What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Monday Morning Blues. I'm your host, Christian Hansen. I hope everyone had a great weekend. I know I sure did. I'm really excited about this week's episode because it is the fabulous Will Johns. Some of you may not know of him, and that's okay, but you're going to find out right now just a little tidbit about who this man is and why he's so important, not only to me as a friend, but music in general. Born in 1973, Will had music in his blood right from birth. It's hardly surprising given his pedigree. His parents are actress, model Paula Boyd, sister of Patty, and record producer Andy Johns, who some of you may know, he's worked the Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin, and Eric Clapton, to name a few. His uncles include Eric Clapton, Mick Fleetwood, George Harrison, and Glenn Johns. Uh, That's quite impressive, right? But don't let that cloud the fact of how great of a person he really is. I ran into Will uh, in November of 2018, working at the Arcata Theater in St. Charles, Illinois. Uh, The music of Cream came through the town. And for some of you who may not be familiar with that, uh, it's similar to that of, you know, Cream's original lineup. It's the Sons of Cream and then the nephew of Clapton, which make up, you know, this family dynamic of, uh, you know, kids and then nephew continuing the legacy of the Cream music. Uh, they were touring at that time, I believe, uh, playing Israeli Gears and then Clapton Classics. And, you know, they've been doing that now for, I think, a few years. Um, and I was really excited to see them again. They were supposed to be coming to Park West in Chicago in April of 2020. Well, we all know what happened in 2020, so that never happened. But no need to worry. We do have some crazy cool stuff coming out uh, for Will. He's got new music coming out called Blues Daddy. I have no clue when that's going to come out, but it is going to come out this year, and he was so kind to let me listen to it before it's even released. I mean, it just hot off the press, just got done. I was so fortunate enough to take a listen at it, and it is amazing. I cannot wait for it to come out so I can go ahead and buy a copy. Uh, Be sure to stay tuned for all the updates on release dates and all that good stuff by visiting willjohns.com. Visit that frequently. Keep tabs on it so you know when that album drops. If you don't do that, that's okay. I'll be sure to keep pumping out information as it goes out uh, so you guys can all be in the loop as to when this amazing album by the great Will Johns is released. This is my conversation with him, my friend, incredible person, musician, you name it, the wonderful Will Johns. Enjoy. Awesome. Well, here we go again, round two with Will Johns. Hopefully this one works out great. Thank you, Will, for giving me the time today. I appreciate it. Hey, Christian. Always. Anytime, brother. First and foremost, how have you been? I To anyone listening to this, like I just said when I started, he was he was going to be on. I interviewed him last April, okay? Last April. Almost a whole calendar year. We're still in the middle of a pandemic. It's affecting everybody. I talked to you last year around this time. England was pretty much on a lockdown. You can't do anything. What's the situation like for you and your family over there right now? Oh, my goodness. Well, we're on lockdown number three, I guess. Oh, my God. <laughs> and um, it's it's starting to, uh, you know, it's starting to wear in many ways. In sure. Psychologically. Um, 
mentally. Um, I managed to keep myself a little bit busy though. And right. as you know, worked on um, this new album, which is That's called right. Blues Daddy. Yeah. Um, and in fact, since I last spoke to you as well, I got, I got really ill. Um, oh no, what happened? Yeah, well, I didn't have the, um, you know, the big C or the little C <laughs> or the C bug or whatever right. you want to call it. But yeah, I got pneumonia because um, uh, because of lockdown, I couldn't go to the dentist. To, oh man. Uh, have a simple procedure. Mm. Um, and so the infection went down onto my lung and I got pneumonia. Oh no. Yeah, so I was really ill towards the end of the summer. And um um yeah nearly died a couple of times as well it was pretty freaky what the hell um so oh my um, gosh man but the silver lining was i guess i gave up smoking tobacco which i'm really pleased about and oh, good um, job that's impressive well it was uh definitely um you know an, an addiction and a vice sure. and, uh, i'm glad to be free of that now um but of course i had to rehabilitate myself to to mm -hmm. be to, to be able to sing again right so that was a real process and um you know right up until doing the final vocals on this record which was um you know probably about a couple of weeks ago now mm -hmm. um just literally just got it finished just now and um, wow and uh, i have to say that i'm you know i'm i'm, I'm pretty happy with it just from yeah. a, from a from a personal growth point of view let's say <laughs> yeah no absolutely i i love absolutely love that you let me listen to it i mean it was it's absolutely great i love every day i have the blues obviously um bb king um, it was a huge influence for you. Call Me Willie's probably my favorite one on there. Um, it's got like this rockabilly, old school blue. I, I don't know. The song is just phenomenal. Your vocals are great. The, the entire production of, of this of this record um, is just remarkable. And to, to know that you've managed to put this together after going through what you went through after you just told me about is quite impressive in itself. Was it... I mean, when you started this, did you have some of the tracks recorded before you got sick or was this all post post sick? Yeah, no, actually, to, to be fair, I did get because um, we the restrictions were lifted enough that mm -hmm. I could work with my the guys in my bubble. Right. So Chris Gale on drums and also Richard Sadler on bass. So mm -hmm. we cut. um you know all of the tracks live together um before before um you know we got locked down again right. we were really lucky there but then of course then i got ill and 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 so there was a period of illness and rehabilitation before i could um you know get back to it and um you know fix a couple of guitar bits here or there right. and a little bit of a solo and stuff and you know stuff like that and but but also it did give the opportunity for some of my other musicians who feature on the album like stevie watts on keyboards organs mm -hmm. piano you know he he was able to to do his work at home right. and, and and send it in so that kind of on on one level that kind of worked you know 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And to to get back to the whole, you know, quitting smoking thing, I mean, you're basically left with a decision from what it sounded like, like life or death. And you had to choose between cracking the habit and basically living. What, what was what was so hard about about actually doing it? Because there's so many people who say, oh, I'm going to quit. Good, go for it. You can do it. Yeah. I know you can. And then it's, um, it's a lot harder than actually oh, yeah. uttering the words. Well, I think I knew I wanted to quit and I wasn't happy inside that, you know, that, that inside this mind of a smoker where right. you know, if something good happens, you, you reach for a cigarette, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And if something bad happens, you reach for a cigarette, you know, if, if you suddenly, if anything happens, you, you finish eating. Yeah. If anything, happens. <laughs> <laughs> let's just be fair here. <laughs> if anything That's happens, it, you know, yeah, right. if anything happens, you reach for a cigarette and, 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 um, and also just the luxury, you know, for, for me to, I just wake up in the morning before I've even had a real thought, you know, I'd be having my, mm. my coffee and my, um, you know, my cigarette or even a jazz cigarette, you know, mm-hmm. before you've done anything. And I get up early as well. I'm an, I don't know about you, but I'm a morning. I'm person. up by like seven. What's early for you? Oh, well, you know what? Probably I'm up at like four or five and I go for oh, a week. Oh man. And then, you know, and that's then way up, early. And then I might get up at six, you know, six, seven. I'm a fisherman as well. That's know? right. I do recall that. Yeah. That is right. You know, just naturally, and it, but it just sucks in the winter because there's not much. There's not, there's much, not fish. much fun for fishing unless you're really nuts about it. You know, yeah. Um, in the winter time around here, but um, yeah, that's the thing. I, I being a morning person, I think you know, that's one thing that I shared with Eric as well, and that's that's he got me into fishing really, and 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 after I'd got the bug, I had an interest and, and he taught me actually how to, you know, how to cast, how to cast a rod and really, and, wow. and, and, and also how to cast a fly, you know, because of course we have fly fishing as well, which is the, mm. the true art form. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. And you have to have patience to fish. You have to have a lot of patience to do that. Yeah, you do. But you know what? I'm not the kind of fisherman, I, I, you know, that goes and sits down next to a lake for hours and hours and hours waiting for, you know, you know, I like to, I kind of know where the fish are and I know when they're biting. So yeah, you, know your <laughs> you, area. You, 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 yeah, you don't, you don't go and waste time fishing where the fish are not or where they're not, when they're not hungry. Right. You know? It's just a You're waste of time. It's a waste of time. Yeah. yeah, no, I got gotcha. you. I remember when I was younger, I went try to go fishing because we saw all these carps. They were just flopping up and down like crazy in the water. And I thought it was great. You'd be able to catch it. Well, it was mating season, so they're not really, I mean, that was. They a, weren't interested. It was a, yeah, they were all right there, all like hundred of them and nothing. It didn't, it didn't work. So I'm like, well, this sucks. The one time you think you'd have that opportunity to catch something and you don't. But uh, I thought it was interesting that, that you mentioned, uh, Eric, um, you know, being a part of your life also with the fishing for those listening um who may not be you know in the loop or in the wear um eric clapton is uh will's uncle so i found it interesting when i talked to you last year that obviously eric huge instrumental part of your life at musically um 
But I, I did not know the fishing aspect and uh, relationship between you two. Has that been something that you've grown closer uh, together over the years outside of music? Has it been fishing more that has brought you two together? Um, uh, honestly, no, not really. Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, you know, um, as, as, as the years gone by, of course, you know, um, um, I, I didn't see very much of Eric and, and, you know, until, until more recently, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and the last time I saw him, of course, was at the, the great concert for, for Ginger Baker right. that, was at the, that was in London here. And, um, and that was just such a brilliant, brilliant night and a, and a wonderful send off right. for, for Ginger too, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, when Kofi Kofi came over, of course, and played an absolute amazing gig, you know, in honor of his father. And, sure. and um, so, yeah, you know, um, no, I haven't been fishing with Eric for a long time, actually. Maybe he should come out on the boat. I should ask. Yeah. <laughs> you think he'd do it? Well, I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there's some know. things that you still can't do you know that that's uh that's it's fun though that you still have you know you maintain um you know time and relationships like that because i think as time goes on a lot of a lot of people lose sight of all that stuff i mean and you don't a lot of people don't take for granted the opportunities of just knowing that you have living family members or living relatives to talk with you just kind of take yeah. for granted that and see them all see them at Christmas big deal like and that's the only time you see them so it's yeah. like I think it's important to take advantage and um hone those opportunities and and precious moments that you can because life's too short as that's we right. saw there with uh with Baker so um yeah. you, you gotta you gotta establish and maintain those relationships no matter how bad they can be at times right that's right that's right yeah. you know you, it's 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 always good to just to be whatever's going on, be the be the bigger person or just let right. love rule and pick up the phone and say, hey, you know what? I love you. I'm thinking of you. I love you. You know, that's the best. You know what? That is the best. And that's all any of us really need. You know, mm-hmm. we came here from love and we'll go back to love, you know, and whatever we can share along the way, you know, right. is what it's all about. Right. And you, you know something, though? It's funny that we talk about this, though, because of the fact I think the past year, love and respect amongst just people has been the hardest thing to establish in the and with everything going on um, wow. with the pandemic and not politics and stuff like that as politics, well. Politics, but the politics didn't it get crazy. I mean, it's it kind it, of it is it's like crazy. A bit more relaxed now, you right. know. But but you know what and and and. It, there's a lot of people mm-hmm. stirring up the 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 fires on both sure. sides, you know, and igniting passions and 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 triggering, you know, these sort of social underlying social currents, right. you know, into and and just just um, just crazy, and that's just always been the technique. Of, mm. of 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 those in power to keep you distracted and you know what 
keep you distracted and not focused on those that you love, those right. that are around you that are depending on you, depending on your smile, depending on the light in your eyes, you know, mm. um, and the powers that be are, are constantly trying to distract you Absolutely. To, 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 to be focused on their game. Um, and unfortunately there's so many different ways that they do that. Yeah, it's really sad. We have to remember to look after ourselves mm-hmm. and 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 each other. You know, it sounds corny, yeah. but you know what? That's the go, truth. I go over corn over flour anytime. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> no, I. You're you're right. You know, something that really I think stuck too is over this past you know year plus is the importance of just music in general because I don't think we'd be able to get through anything like this if there wasn't music like i think we really take for granted the fact of the existence of music and how special it is because going through something like this would be absolute nightmare if we didn't have music so um that's been a huge plus through all this but i think the biggest thing that i've been able to really pinpoint is one singular song defining the entire experience that the whole world has gone through, and that was Civil War by Guns N' Roses. I mean, everything in there that Axel, I mean, the, the lyrics literally could be the soundtrack of the past year for the world. I mean, just absolutely truth. Same with Bob Dylan's uh, Times Are Changing. Mm. There's never been a time where song has been more correct than now. Yeah. For you, what is uh, what has it been like though? Because when I talked to you last time, it was just at the start of it. You you know you're locked down. You're at home with your family and stuff like that. How has the past year been as far as uh, building and um, you know developing relationship within within your family? Has it been a great time to to be around them as much as you have been? <laughs> Maybe for two months. <laughs> yeah for, for a while it was no you know what if i was to be really really honest and i know that that probably that's the best thing to do and, and right and i tried to be <laughs> um as honest as i can but no mm-hmm. I'd, I'd say that as well as all the good times and being able to spend time with, with the kids right um and focus on them mm-hmm. um it's also um you know it's also put pressure and a strain on you know the marital relationship sure yeah because you know i don't think that you know couples normally you know either you go out to work all day and you you know you don't see each other all day or in my case you know go off on tour and i'm away for you know a month or a couple of months right and um you know that you have that sort of distance and and Mm -hmm. what do they say absinthe makes the heart grow fonder there you go yeah uh, you know, you need that distance. You need space in a relationship. Just like anything, it's the yin and the yang for the yin and the yang. Right. We we focus on the peaks and the, you know, the peak of the wave, but mm-hmm. there's also the trough of the wave. There you, you go, that yeah. space. And, and um, so, um, and also for the kids not being able to go to school, Oh yeah, you know, that's like, especially right now they're locked down. They can't go to school. Um, they there's only so much sort of home learning. When you're at home, there's all these different things that they mentally equate to being at home. Right, distractions. And and yeah, so 
do you want to spend the whole day having a fight with your four-year-old <laughs> trying to get them to do what what you consider some learning you know right. in a very old-fashioned victorian sort of way we haven't really progressed with with learning although that my elder son who's 14 he goes to a college which is called the self-learning management college huh, interesting self-management learning or the learning of self <laughs> you get where i'm going <laughs> yeah i know what you mean <laughs> and 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 so rather than teach the kids a whole bunch of subjects like you know english french german and history geography and pythagoras theorems right and then he's going to go and do you know cyber security where oh none of that just means anything it's all out the door it's it's gone you know so yeah. why waste your time doing that you know so you know my son charlie he's 14 he's been getting paid to to design and create the background in computer games and that's his oh, world. Wow, that's so, crazy that's awesome know, yeah so um it's a real jumble of, 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 of um, you know, you want things to be different when they're, sure. when, they're, when they're like this, you want that. If you're restricted, you can't do this, you can't do that. You know, he can't go to his college and hang out with his mates, you know. And that's he tough though too. You know, but also then he can do this and that and the other. So it's, 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 it's a strain because I don't think parents really are supposed to, school their kids or we're out of the, the 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 loop of that you know right no i get and, it um and like i said you know if they don't want to do it you're gonna are you gonna spend the day either beating yourself up you're gonna tire yourself out in that process oh, it's just you know what i mean it's like pick it's back. exhausting and what's hard as well is when you're trying to do something as well they need entertaining exactly they, you know they need <clears throat> stimulation you know um but they're on, you know, they're on this device or that device, and then yeah, but you, too much screen you get time. Done. Yeah, screen time. But right. you know, that's what it that's is. What, what it is. Into. That's the. That's, that's where we are now. You know, yeah, and I. Uh, yeah, you know, I was I was watching something the other day, and it's sad, but it's the truth. This lady was talking about how her mother passed away when she was like six years old. And at that time, at six years old, she she had nothing to to remember of her mother. She was she's like twenty five now, and there was really no internet. As there wasn't as much social, there was hardly any social media then. Nowadays, is this may come off really crappy sounding, but she said in an interview, she said that nowadays it's much easier to go through a parent losing a parent. And I go, what do you mean? That makes no sense. She goes, you literally have a have a movie of their life everywhere social media you have you have everything documented now and she goes that's the only plus of social media is the fact that you have all these memories mm. out there that you can save that weren't there before that made the grieving process in the past ever so more difficult and i and i found that to be interesting because it, it does yeah. i think have some truth to it yeah, I've never thought about that actually. Unfortunately, both my um, yes, both I know. My God bless their souls. Popped popped off before uh, right. You know, they really got uh, they got involved, you know, in the internet. So yes, bless them. Right, and you know what? 
it's been 2020 has taught us anything it was the amount of like the the, the amount of musicians or amount of people that we lost last year was just horrifying mm-hmm. and i and i'd like to pinpoint since since uh, i want to talk about um your father as well as eddie van halen we lost him in october mm-hmm. your father actually um what i think it was he produced right uh, for unlawful carnal knowledge correct that's right yeah yeah, and then the subsequent live um, discs and DVDs and all right. that. Right, <clears throat> gotcha. Now I know you have um, the the Music Man, the the EVH Music Man guitar, and you play that regularly. Um, assuming then, obviously, Eddie was also just a huge part, or not huge part, but it's big inspiration to you um, yeah. as a musician. When, yeah. you, when you found out October sixth, the news. I think we were all shocked. I don't yeah. think we were surprise we we knew he was really sick we didn't know yeah. how bad he was though yeah. when, when the news comes out um what's just, going through your head well just um what really oh he's too young to die we yeah. can't you know he's too young to die right um he's a real sweet guy you talk to him yeah, well, look, I'll oh, wow. tell you my, my I'll tell you my Eddie story here right now. But um, you know, um, but this kind of thing was would always happen to me. So I go over with with Andy, um, because Eddie wants to show me his new guitar, and it was mm-hmm. just when the Wolfgang came out with PV. Oh, okay. Um, and he just switched from Music Man. And uh, and at this point, I didn't have my music man. It was lost in the wilderness because oh, wow. I was careless enough to um, get it, left it, took my eyes off it. I got stolen in Richmond and was missing for years. Mm. Um, but um, I got to buy it back. But that's another story. But um, <laughs> so we go over to Eddie's, and 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 there in the middle of the room is is one of these. PV Wolfgangs in white, right? Wow. And so Eddie says, "So hey, Will, what do you think of the what do you think of the new guitar?" So I pick it up and 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 you know start wailing on it and oh, right. it's amazing and oh, it does this and if you put the whammy bar right round here, it locks the tremolo and oh, what that's cool and oh, it's just great and and so he goes, "So so, so what do you think? And <laughs> uh, what color do you like?" And so, you know, not knowing the hint and because I'm in English and, um, you know, a bit of a twat, <laughs> um, I said, oh, I like black. <laughs> you know, <laughs> here I am. I've got a white one in my hands. I'm playing it. It's great. Right. And he's asked me what color I like. I should have just, you know, white, obviously, it was the correct answer. Mm-hmm. But you see, I never got like subtle hints or anything like that. Right. I've always been terrible at that shit. Me too. So man. yeah, so I pipe up with, <laughs> oh, I like the black one. Yeah. Yeah. So well, we don't have a black one. Yet. Oh, we'll have to get you one of those. Yeah, we'll get you one of those. Hoping you would say why. Yeah. So um, I didn't leave with a guitar that time. Hmm. But you did after your father worked on that uh, that record. It was kind of like a gift, I think you recalled. You told That's me right. like, "Hey, do you want this?" And you're like, "Sure." And he and he took it, and it was later passed down to you. Yeah, well, it was it was one of Eddie's guitars that um, it wasn't one of his favorites. So the guitar tech 
you know, it was it was particularly beautiful. It had a really nice neck, mm-hmm. and was and and so he and and the great flame on the top, right. And so he gave it to Andy, and he said, "Look, Eddie's got his favorite ones. If he gets hold of this one, he'll just he'll destroy it. You know, oh, smash man. out. Um, it's too good for that. Here, why don't you get it for for Will? And so he did. And that's and awesome. That's the story of that guitar." There you go. You've got a couple other guitars that I remember we talked about before. Um, when you first started playing guitar, didn't you, uh, didn't Uncle Eric, he give you one of the, uh, was it a, uh, was it a prototype black Strat or didn't he give you one of his black, like, um, fenders? No, he didn't actually. <laughs> Which one? Um, what was the first guitar? Um, my first guitar was from my dad, which was a surf green. Okay. Um, Vintage reissue, nineteen fifty-seven, surf green, uh, yeah, strap. Gotcha, awesome. Do you, what are some of the earliest memories you have of of learning uh, guitar? I remember there was something you told me that I, I found interesting was when uh, he showed you Crossroads. He you, he showed you the first part, and he's like, "All right, now you learn the rest." Was it was that? Was yeah. that a moment that you'll always remember because you're like, okay, he's not going to just yeah. hand it to me. He's going to make me work. Yeah, it was. And it what that was it. You know, you've got to figure, you've got to figure that bit out on your right. own. And so by doing that, that, that set me into motion, being able to, to figure out stuff, you know, right. go into it, keep playing, you know, I mean, and that's, that's really how I, how I first started playing. Um, first started playing just random notes along to whatever sure. was on the radio you know with a with a guitar that had a couple of strings on it mm-hmm. right um, and it was all very hit and miss and trial and error and then when somebody first showed me the blue scale that was it that was it all of a sudden there was a pattern that made sense you could start here and play any key any song you know yeah, there's no real ending it's just a na- yeah. non-stop oh know, and look and it starts journey. again here. yes exactly <laughs> right no it's great you know i i i found this interesting too is for me for the blues it was tw- i've always listened to it but i was never immersed into it until 2018 when i got to see buddy guy at, at the arcada for work from that point on, I've been hooked ever since. And what I mean by hooked is just engrossed in the culture and the the history of the music itself. For you, you had a moment of clarity not so long ago as well. Now, you've always listened to B.B. King, but I, I do recall, I believe you said that there was, a, I don't know when it was, but I believe it was maybe a handful of years ago where you just really started to listen to him. And now that's that's your go-to every morning. Yeah. Every What was that's it? Right. At, at what point? What? Yeah. In, since since then, like I used, I'd have my f- all, all all on my phone, like album, like so many different albums, and yeah. I would, I'd turn it on every day when I get in the shower. And, That's right. And um, uh, and then since then, somehow, my when my son was on my phone, oh no, I managed to delete the whole oh no iTunes. Like, in fact, he just deleted iTunes off my phone. Just everything. It's all gone. Just gone. Oh my gosh. Gone. When did that happen? Shortly after we spoke. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's horrible. <laughs> yeah. But, oh man. 
yeah what you said is true just um um bb just it's you know is just so pure and sure and became just like um, daily meditation mm-hmm no, I got you there. Yeah, you know what? I I think there is something about. I think it's the the intimacy of the the recording itself. There's nothing. You're not seeing uh, effects thrown on top of the. You're not seeing anything really. That's that's essentially the recordings are essentially raw, true, and just one hundred percent. Yeah. Emotion. There's no at. There's no artifacting or throwing down a couple of FX. There's that's just that's just him and i think that's what makes the music um of you know the the older blues generation especially like robert johnson or obviously then bb king or something that's what makes that music much more enjoyable because that's raw and that's just musician and guitar yeah you got nothing human in it there's not much else in it and and at the end of the day we're all humans right and um you know we um, we're just these pink, squishy, vulnerable yeah. things, really. You know, absolutely. And, um, a lot of heart there. Yeah, a lot of heart there. Absolutely, and that's uh, that's what's so great about the blues. When uh, when when your dad was doing uh, you know, all the when he's producing a lot of records and stuff like that. What was so hard about growing up and or was it hard growing up and not having him in the house as much as you would like or was it or was he there no nah. he was he, yeah so he was a, he was a road dad was that hard well, growing up well yeah yeah but not only that is that um I'm, like my mom basically split from my dad when oh I was okay young you know yeah so that's that's just tough in itself yeah um, so I didn't really, you know, I didn't really get to know him, mm. um, you know, only a little bit here and there, you know, so um, that was kind of tough. Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't even imagine that. And, you know, now you being a father, I I, I would um, guess that your number one priority is to avoid that at all costs and make sure they have something. Yeah, exactly. avoiding that at all costs is you know rule number one um that's very important you know and being able to give my kids you know everything that i can is right you know that's my honor and my privilege and Mm -hmm. my duty you know yeah i mean that's uh I mean that that's yours. Like, then that there's a, that's a pride. That's a prideful thing to to hone and uh, take care of. I mean, that that's all you. So I I understand that. And it is hard though because there's so many people who grow up with parents in you know a line of work that you know puts them in a position where they don't see them as much. And something was really funny the other day. Um, I'm not sure if you folks are familiar with the Impractical Jokers uh, from the states. The the they're stand-up comedians and they do you know comical uh, jokes and stuff like this well there was a the other day one of the guys said this he goes the nice thing about being home and not working through this whole pandemic 
is the fact that my daughter came up to me and goes, you know what? It's nice that you're actually visiting more often. And that he said, she said that to her dad and he goes, wow, that's horrible. Like this is my daughter. And she goes, yeah, you just kind of usually visit, but now you're actually kind of around. And he goes, that's what put him in his place. He goes, damn, that sucks. When your daughter says, oh, it's nice that you're visiting more often. When in fact, you're just on the road for work. Yeah. I think that really takes you back and realizes, wow. Yeah. I've missed out on so much and so many things that I won't be able to get back because of the career. Granted, they love the career. It's with what makes them happy. But it's moments like that that you can't get back. The first walk, the first words. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's so true, Christian. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if my kid, if I, when, when I have kids, I, I want to avoid that. I don't want to be the person who says, oh, you visit just like you're an uncle or something. Like, oh, my God. Oh, I'm your father. So. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't be dealing with that. You know what I'm saying? No. 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 I, I, I get it. No. No. Yeah. I don't know. My, uh, yes. Crazy. When you Crazy. started. Yeah. When, now, when you're, when you're on the road, um, what's the hardest part of, of being away from them without obviously being away from them? I mean, is there other things that go into being on the road that emotionally affect you? Um, that are hard to get over? Mm, no, not really. Um, you know, you kind of play it out, if that yeah. makes sense. It's, that's where, you know, that's where you or I, you know, that's where I express myself. Sure. All, all the stuff and the, you know, whether it's anger or frustration or it's all built up stuff. Yeah. Or, or stuff that even there's no words for. It's yeah. that it's just stuff. stuff. Well. Yeah. And you can work that out. You can play that out. And that's what one of the one of the you know, one of the gifts and wonderful things about being a musician. Sure. Um, you know, is having that means of expression, you know, having right. that vent. Mm-hmm. Um but you also, do that on stage. You yeah, you you, you, you know, release that, that on the instrument. That. Yeah, and and you know, and hope <laughs> hopefully you do it in a nice, tasteful, entertaining way. Yeah, you know, for people, you know, because right, really, at the end of the day, that's it's entertainment, right? Sure. As well, so I do see. You know, it's a fine line sometimes with yeah. Some, some acts these days yeah uh, the music nowadays they, is a little bit they different really enjoying what they're you know right enjoying what they're doing no um, i i understand that fully That's great. <laughs> now you before the everything hit the fan you guys are actually going to be playing some shows because with uh, the music of cream the the group yeah. that you're in um for those not aware of of the group um kind of talk a little bit about the the formation of of the group and how important it was to to carry on the music that uh you know your your guys families have have you know blessed the world with mm. well um it's, it's it was Kofi's up yeah right. um, you know in the first place so i blame him for everything you're blaming him okay no <laughs> <laughs> i'm messing with you so um yeah no we uh 
um, it was really the the manager Simon who who managed to pull everything together. So you know, mm-hmm. kudos really to him. Right, his his vision. You know, we'd all been playing a little bit before. Um, but so, but most recently, so um, the um, we had a tour that started in Vancouver, Vancouver Island. Oh wow! Okay, at the start of twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, just when this thing hit and um, I think we got as far as um, San Diego oh, okay just beyond that you know about mm-hmm. 10 shows into it before um, we had it all to stopped out. yeah wow that's crazy you guys actually record the shows too which is quite incredible I thought that was um, remarkable I've never seen that done before where you, the show's recorded. And I think at some, some shows you were able to walk out with a CD of the show that night. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's yeah, remarkable. Really, really cool technology, you know, and um, that was all down to our tour manager, Nate Shaw. Mm-hmm. It was his, um, his whole thing. And, and um, on the first tour, of course, we had Taylor Schneider who took care of that when, all sorts of stuff was going down. It was all crazy. And mm-hmm. and he really showed a, an amazing talent of being not only able to just do all of this work that was mm-hmm. really complicated, but delivering and delivering delivering the product literally right. in time for people to to have signed before they left the show, you know, it was pretty awesome. Pretty yeah. slick slick machine going on there. Yeah, that's impressive. I mean that live live credit and get it on a disc and get it in the hands of somebody. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's remarkable. And I think what's even cooler about it is night after night, it's obviously a different show. I mean, you're not, yeah, you're going to probably hear a lot of those same songs, but you're not going to hear them. I don't, at least from what I have listened to, I've listened to a few of, of the, the recordings. They're not, solos are a little bit different. Things are a little bit, different than the night before was that something that's been really important to you and the group in general to to keep it fresh and switch things up just a tad bit so you're not producing the same show each night oh yeah definitely you know Kofi always says you know his dad used to say you would play it different every night right you know and um we also um you know introduce um at the in the second part of the show um you know we've been doing some clapton classics as well right so, you know and the first part of the show has been the disraeli gears mm-hmm. album from start to finish and That's incredible. i don't think a lot of those songs have um you know been played live ever mm-hmm. really wow you know, well not very often anyway you know mm-hmm especially not by um, cream themselves and then you know they're just yeah that's weird a bit more obscure than others you know mm-hmm. yeah um that's crazy so what was the decision to do that album then was it solely because of that or was it just a unanimous decision that well honestly hey, this is an album that we really love well yeah there's that and also i think you know for the for the cream fans mm-hmm. you know but the cream fans are very quiet, dedicated, sure. die-hard bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, a very niche market, and so not only that, but also everybody loves, 
you know, the ongoing story where, you know, after Cream, of course, then you had, you know, Blind Faith, mm-hmm. songs like um, Can't Find My Way Home. Right. You know, Presence of the Lord. You know, this uh, uh, cool stuff. And then, you know, and then after that, and then you had Derek and the Dominoes and Layla and that whole story. And that's, you know, that different chapters of life. different chapter, but also that relates more to, um, you know, to me and my family. So it's a natural progression. So you've got, we've got the whole cream history and yeah. story. And then, you know, yeah, yeah the ongoing um, Clapton legacy. Exactly. And that's interesting too, because yes, it's the same. It's the same family. It's the same people, but it's a different identity over the years. Like each, yeah. you could you could take a chunk of years. Let's say three. Let's say five years. And that one part, like one five, like five year part, there's a different identity. Another five year, it's a completely different identity. But combined, it's all the same people or person just expressing themselves during different times of their lives in a different way musically. And I think that's remarkable. Yeah. 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 That's hard to do. It is. It is. And, um, and it's especially, you know, especially poignant looking, you know, looking back now, especially from this, you know, from this perspective where the chance of, of live music and, 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 to all be back in the room and feel the electricity and the hum yeah. of the room before the band's even gone on the stage and the anticipation right. and the... yeah, that's great. Know. Now I you think, got you got yeah. new music coming out, Blues Daddy. We talked about that at the start. I listened to it; it's great. I absolutely love it. When's uh, when's the uh, ETA on that? The release date uh, on Blues Daddy. Well, that's, you know, it's not going to be released just yet. Just yet, okay. Yeah. It, this year, though? It, it's it's only just come off. It's hot off the press. Wow, I'm lucky. You know, it's... So everyone's got to wait. smoking, baby. It's, you know, I'm not, but it is. It's still, it's <laughs> still cooling down. Sure. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, so... What's that process it, like as far as getting it out there? um and and making that all happen it's going to be this year though right oh yeah for sure for, for sure, sure. yeah okay. i'm just trying to iron it out with a few different people and get the distribution um you know sorted out and also yeah. you know the right color i'd like to you know have the right color vinyl records i'm seeing some great different colored vinyl coming from they got some like cool stuff now cleopatra yeah. on the west coast from from la there um and then um, i'm having a look at see what antelope records doing okay and um and then of course over here in the uk i like to you know i'm talking to uh talking elephant oh wow mustn't forget that and uh yeah we're well, just trying to um you know kick it around a little bit and of course it's the worst time in the world but i'm also talking to sure. publishers about um you know possible book oh uh, wow which um where i reveal all of my Deepest, darkest, deepest secrets. You know, and there's some chunk in there. I'm telling you. <laughs> no way. That's awesome. What made you yeah. want to do that? Was it the pandemic and you having the time to think and realize yeah. and reflect on life? 
Yeah, my wife, you know, something we've always talked about doing. And my wife actually, you know, she got this cool mic for her computer to do nice. some stuff. And she was the one, you know, uh, uh, who encouraged me and, and, and said, look, you know, let's let's get this done. It'd be cool. And, and, right. and then there was never, of course, then it was never the right time. Of course, sure. you know, when do you ever want to... St- where do I begin and get into all of that stuff? I'll get to it later. I'll do it yeah. tomorrow. And then well, it's a big yeah. can of worms as well. Sure. You know, yeah. there's, there's some cool stuff in there and there's also some, you know, dark stuff. It's some dark stuff. It takes a lot to make a blues daddy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Well, yeah. well, I'm, uh, I'm glad we were able to do this again. Yeah. Well, me too. Me too. It's been great. Sorry we uh, we couldn't get the video thing to work out. Glad this worked out, though, better uh, better than last time. So it's been a pleasure, my friend. Nice one. Alrighty, Take care of yourself. Cheers, bro. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. That was my conversation with Will Johns. If you're new to the show and like what you heard, great. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify and iHeartRadio. Be sure to visit our website as well, themondaymorningblues.com. We've got all the episodes up there for your listening, video interview episodes and merch and so much more. We will see you next week with Connor Selby, only on the Monday Morning Blues. Till then, stay safe and be well. Be well.